0: Meatballs, Meatballs. Meatballs, Meatballs. Podcast number 18. This is Meatball Folter. We just finished more two-minute film noir. This time it focuses on just Joe and Moe. That's two guys sitting at a bar talking about women, cons, cops, capers, and lady luck. I had so much fun writing the first Joe and Moe stories, I decided to write 20 more. And I'm going to play four of them for you. When Little Girls Come Out to Play
1: Did you ever try to pick up a woman in a bar? Yeah, sure. Every guy's done that. Well, maybe not every guy. Well, maybe if it was an Eskimo or something. Do Eskimos have bars? I don't know. I've never been north of Chicago. Well, my point is... Women you can pick up in bars, and I'm not talking about hookers. Some of these women can be pretty tough. Oh, yeah. I mean, really tough. Tell me about it. There was this woman, I swear, she was as tough as they come. Was she attractive? Yeah. Did she have muscles? Her muscles were in her jaw. Oh, big mouth. She didn't need a big mouth to chew you up and spit you out. And you like that? I just wanted to know why she got that way. Tough as nails? Tougher than nails. You'll find out. I think her husband left her for his young secretary. And that's what made her so tough. That thick skin she had, she was just protecting herself from getting hurt. That figures. But you know what? Mm. I saw this little girl inside her. Now and then she'd just come out, this sweet little girl, like maybe ten years old, inside this woman who was one tough cookie. So she was being that way to protect her little girl from getting hurt? Yeah, I think that was it. So what happened? She fell in love with me. Yeah, well, you're a nice guy. And then I met someone else. You dumped her. I left her. You hurt her. Yeah, I did. Oh, boy. I realized that no matter how thick-skinned you try to be, you can never protect yourself from getting hurt. Yeah, that figures. I sometimes wonder whatever happened to that little girl. You think every tough woman has a little girl inside her? I think so. Well. Here's to all those little girls, to all you little girls. Let's hope that one day you'll find it safe enough to come out and play.
0: That was based on a woman I once knew. Boy, was she ever tough. This was years ago I started going out with her because I really did want to know how she got so tough. And everything in the story is pretty much true. I did see this little girl inside of her. Now, here's one I really like. It's called Sully Sally. The idea came from a novel, New York Trilogy, written by Paul Oster, terrific writer, by the way. And even though my story is completely different, the idea of a detective being hired by someone he never meets. And then watches someone who doesn't do anything came directly from the brilliant mind of Mr. Oster. However, this story, Sully Sally, came out of my own considerably dimmer, though occasionally Firefly flickering mind. Sully Sally.
1: I knew a detective once. Cop? No, a P.I. Private eye? I think he learned how by taking a correspondence course. Like the kind they advertise in mystery magazine. Either that or comic books. What's his name? Tommy O'Brien. Don't know. Well, O'Brien got hired to watch someone by the name of Sully. Who hired him? That's just it. He didn't know. Why is that? He got a phone call. A check arrives along with the details, including a key to a room that's been rented. It's right across the street from the guy he's supposed to watch. Sully. Right. O'Brien's got binoculars and he watches Sully. So, what does this guy do? Well, that's just it. At first, he just didn't do anything. He just sits and reads all day. Have I told this story before? Not yet. Okay. So, after about a week of this, the guy he's watching. Sully. Yes, yeah, Sully. Checks himself into a hospital, or actually, it's a private clinic. Uh huh. So, Sully is in there for a few days, and when he comes out, he's no longer Sully. Wait, 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 what is he? He's now Sally. Sully became Sally. (laughs) (laughs) A sex change. No. Yeah. Come on. You really? Oh, that takes balls. That took him, all right. That's the story. No, no. O'Brien was still being paid to watch Sully. But now he's watching Sally. That's right. And as the days go by, he's finding him, or now her, more and more attractive. No. O'Brien hadn't been with a woman in a long time, and she's looking better and better. Uh Uh-oh. And it's driving him nuts, because O'Brien is a very straight Irish guy. (laughs) I like this story. Finally, O'Brien can't take it anymore, and he quits. He's off the case. That's right. End of story. No, no. He can't get her out of his mind. Oh, boy. Sully Sally gets dressed up. She's gorgeous. Guys are hitting on her all the time, but she just brushes them off. They don't know, do they? Sometimes you don't. Tell me about it. So a couple of months pass, and one night O'Brien walks into a bar, and there she is. Sully Sally. Right. Sitting on a bar stool, wearing a short skirt, her legs crossed, and she has gorgeous legs. Boy. One look, and he's hopelessly in love. And they... Get together? They end up getting married. No. Can they do that? Why not? Uh, That's quite a story. There's more. No. Turns out, Sully was the one who hired O'Brien in the first place. What? He, or now she, was always attracted to O'Brien, but knew he was as straight as they come, and knowing he was watching her all the time, she slowly turned him on. Holy moly! <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I'll drink to that. Here's to all the sully sallies in the world. Keep smiling. There's no an O'Brien for you out there somewhere.
0: Needless to say, Tim Clark does some marvelous music for these little stories. Okay. Here's a kind of silly piece that's uh, another favorite. I mentioned in my last podcast that my ideas for these short stories come from titles. I'll think of a title first, and then the title will sort of gather a story around itself. So something like this next one, formerly Fat Louie, simply came from the title. And since I see the world in a kind of cartoonish way, a title like formerly Fat Louis" would obviously attract a steamroller.
1: Do you know Flat Louis? Who? Flat Louie. I, I know Fat Louie. I don't know any Flat Louie. Well, you do now. What? If you knew Fat Louie, you now know Flat Louie. What happened? He got run over? That's about the size of it. <laughs> for Louie to get flat, they would have to use a steamroller. That's what they used. No, come on. I'm telling you the truth. Come on, even Fat Louie can outwaddle a steamroller. He almost did. Who'd want to flatten Fat Louie? Louie was a mouthpiece for the mob. Come on, Fat Louie was an ambulance chaser. He did small jobs for the mob. Small mob jobs? Yeah, hoodlums, underlings, they get caught in hijacking. Fat Louie would get them off must have made somebody unhappy. It's not just the mob, it's the mobs. The Italians, the Greeks, the Colombians, the Puerto Ricans. So there's lots of mobs, oh. So you make one happy, it makes another one unhappy. And that happened to Fat Louis. Flat Louis. Right, right. So they don't know who done it to Louis? You know Big Bruno? Bruno the Fixer? No, no. Bruno the Big Bambuno. Oh, you mean Bruno the Breaker. That's him. So is him who done it. It is believed that Bruno de Bambuno was driving the steamroller. Yeah, I can see him sitting up there grinning. Steamrollers ain't no joke. So, what'd Louie do? Leave an imprint? A big imprint in soft asphalt. Did you see Louis? I saw a picture. Oh, yeah? I got it right here, my blackberry. See? Wow, that's what I'd call. Flat. He looks like a gingerbread cookie. Did you see this? Louis was carrying his briefcase. He always had a fat briefcase. They flattened that, too. That Bruno, he's bad. Louis's like a a silhouette. He's a shadow of his former self. I didn't know you could get that flat. Yeah, he's certainly smooth with the asphalt. (laughs) Well, here's to fat Louis. Flat Louis. To flat Louis. Once fat, now flat.
0: Poor Louis And finally, one more Now this one, the title really intrigued me It's an Arab proverb I came across Death rides a fast camel When I saw that, my first thought was Death rides a fast camel, that sounds like Arab noir And my next thought was i got to write a story for this And this is what came out It's pretty good I'll mention again, Tim did some really fine music for every one of these stories.
1: I had an Arab friend once. Oh, yeah? When was that? A while back in Tunisia. In North Africa? Yeah, I met him in a hotel lobby in Tunisia. They got a lot of Arabs? It was an international hotel, so they had everything. What was his name? Mohammed. Mohammed, that's a good name. Mohammed told me a story that sort of stuck in my mind. About Arabs? About a guy lost in the desert. He falls asleep, and when he wakes up, it's just starting to get light. But the sky is still thick with stars. And then a shadow passes in front of the stars, and he realizes someone is standing there, looking down at him. Oh, boy. And a voice says, do not be afraid, I am only death. Oh boy. So the man asks, what can he do to change Death's mind? Like to give him a sporting chance? Exactly. So Death says, we can have a race. Outrun Death? And then the man notices that Death has two camels and Death says, take your pick. Now, you don't have to know camels to see what's obvious. One is male, young, arrogant, wild as hell, and the other is a a female, older, calmer, obviously slower. Death never makes it easy. So the man thinks, if I choose the fast camel, he's so wild, I'll never be able to handle him, and I'll lose. But if I choose the slow camel, death will ride the fast camel, which he can handle, and... I'll lose. A lose lose situation. Right. So he has to make a decision. Does he want to die on a fast camel or a slow camel? Take the fast one, at least you'll have a chance. Yeah. But do you want to die trying to tame a wild, crazy camel or die taking your time plodding along on a slow, calm camel? I'd take the wild one. But the man is tired. He's exhausted. I mean, he's dying. And then he hears a voice Let death. Ride a fast camel. Whose voice? I think it's his own anyway. He figures he can't beat Death, so... Why not just accept it and go out with some nobility? He chooses the slow camel? He does. They both mount up. Death points to a mountain way off on the horizon. And they set off. And Death leaves him behind eating dust? Yeah, pretty much so. The old camel is even slower than he thought. It's not easy to beat death. So death reaches the finish line and waits for him. Finally, after about an hour, the man and the old camel plod up. And death says, you knew you were going to lose regardless of what you choose. And the man says, I knew. And death asks, but why did you choose the slow camel? And the man thinks for a moment, and then he says, because I liked her smile. I liked her smile? Yeah. And that's the story? It is. Did death take him? Of course. Oh. But they both went out laughing. (sighs) I like that.
0: There are 20 stories in this new series called More, Two-Minute Film Noir. The CD will be in our hands probably by the last week of this month, November, but you can download it right now from our website, zbs.org. That's More, Two-Minute Film Noir with Joe and Mo, 20 new stories in total. This is Meatball Fulton, zbs.org.